wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses AJ Jones Yes Episode 92 It is episode 92 What are you thinking? I'm thinking, wow, these poor people have listened to us for 91 episodes <laughs> And they've come back for more Yes, they have Talk to me about this week It was a good week um, I taught on Romans on second year We go through it verse by verse, which is quite fun And you taught on... I taught on angels, demons, and spiritual warfare. Yes, and third heaven things. And third heaven experiences. Yes. So it was fun because you're watching some of the students' faces be like, what? Wait, what are you talking about? (laughs) But it's one of the funnest weeks to teach. It is very fun. If if you want to hear our views on spiritual warfare, we recorded a podcast on that. Um, Episode 41, go to alanandaj.com slash 41 if you want to listen to that. Yep. And then Emanate... Oh, Emanate was run by our wonderful Emanate pastor, Michelle Vouters, who spoke and did a great job. She did a fantastic job. And then and then said Michelle and mm-hmm. her wonderful husband, Richard, came over Thursday afternoon. We were hanging out and they said, what are you doing tonight? And we realized Thursday night is our date night. Yeah, it's supposed to be our date night. But we hadn't got a babysitter. No, we often forget. So we said, do you want to stay and watch uh, Marvel movies while we go on a date? And they were like, Yes. I know, and they even came over early and played with the kids and put them to bed, so we just got to go and putter around for three hours. And literally, we did puzzle. We started on a treasure hunt trying to find a new grill. Well, we started off by returning random items like light bulbs yeah. and mattress covers. And That's the like height that. of romance yes, in the Jones house. it was house. very, very sexy. Date night has turned into returning all our overdue items. You know, the sad part is, is that we get excited about it. Well, it's because we get money. We're going to go out. (laughs) It's true. It's true. We made like a hundred bucks just by returning things. I know. It was so good. And then we wandered around Costco. We No, we didn't didn't get to. Mm -hmm. I love wandering. We intended to wander around Costco. But we got sidetracked by Williamson-Sonoma. That used to be our favorite date. Do you remember when we first started dating and we had no money at all? We would either go to Costco and wander around or go to Ikea. And why did I like Ikea more than Costco? Because they had meatballs. They did. They had Swedish meatballs. <laughs> and it was cheap for a plate of meatballs. It was like, I don't know, five or six dollars uh, for a romance. meal. <laughs> we did. And we still do. We don't have an Ikea, but we still go to Costco sometimes on date nights. But if there was an Ikea here, you know we'd be hitting Ikea. Oh yeah, I'd hit Ikea. <laughs> and then the week continued with the excitement I met with our accountant. I think I've finished our taxes and it's not even the end of February. You are remarkable. Can you pat me on the back? I can't reach you from here, but sure, pat okay. pat. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> and then to end the week, you spoke at church this morning. I did. Jeff is out of town on vacation. On a well-earned vacation. Yes. And they're somewhere in Australia or New Zealand. They're without, in New Zealand. <laughs> without access to the internet. Yeah, they're in New Zealand and then they're doing like a cruise thing with some friends of theirs. So they're going to be gone for about three weeks. And uh, so Alan and I have taken over Sunday mornings. I don't know if I told you this, <laughs> but at some point, Abigail, our eight-year-old, just in passing, I'm walking down the corridor. She's, ah, I think she's brushing her teeth. And she says, Dad. And I was like, uh-huh. She said, you know, it's important to love yourself because if you don't have love for yourself, how can you love your neighbors yourself? You can only give what you have. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. And then she continued brushing her teeth. And I'm like, my eight-year-old is revelating. Yay. <laughs> but as good as all that was, yeah. the whole week has been overshadowed. By yeah. something awesome and incredibly frustrating. I am, no, of course... No, no. 
No, there's other things to talk about before no, no, we no. talk about this. No, no, no. We oh, need yes. To, we no. need, what do you want to talk about? Well, I wanted to say what MJ said going upstairs tonight. Sure, okay. So we're, we're going upstairs to get ready for bed. And MJ says, Mommy, Jesus loves me. I said, yeah, he does. And God loves me. Yes, he does, darling. And if there's monsters in my room, all I do is ask Jesus to come in my room and they leave. And I was like, yeah, baby. He's like, because Jesus is really big. I said, that's right, darling. And he just, you know, pottered off to bed. But it was just this random, very sweet little conversation. So you don't need to listen to our podcast on spiritual warfare. Just that that will do. That's a good summary. There you go. Jesus is really big. Back to what overshadowed this whole week with glory, genius and extreme frustration. Yes. It's a new iPhone game. Oh, oh, (laughs) yes. Well, it had you up till about 11 p.m. last night making warbling noises to your iPhone. (laughs) Well, I skillfully avoided even looking at the game until last night. Because you saw how much distress it was causing me? Yes. And I thought, I don't need to play a game that is all about frustration. Well, it's not. It's all about thinking thinking outside outside the the box. box. Yeah. Yeah. The, The name of the game is called Black Box. Right. And it's ingenious in so many ways it's designed so that you it's unlike any other game i've played we wrote a little blurb on our website we'll put a link to it in our show notes that gives more detail about it but it is it'd be fair to say it's consumed most of my waking hours yeah for three or four days and if you like cryptic it's like every episode of lost thrown into your world and you play in a game you're just like (laughs) tell me the answers what does this mean so when we went on our date on thursday even though we were like puttering we were out looking for griller and all that um alan was playing that game the whole time well i was trying to i'd got as far as i could and the lengths that you will go to to try and unlock the next levels are fairly ridiculous well the lengths that you will go to yes well not just me yes you and your competitive friends (laughs) he invited some of our friends to look at the game, and now they're all in some sort of competition. Yeah, but Will's going to win because he flies off to Australia this week. But I thought you said it doesn't win inside of a phone. Like inside of a plane, I'm sorry. Well, that's one of the challenges. We don't want to give too much away, but he's going to win one of the challenges ahead of me. Mm -hmm. Which is why I took a road trip the other night with Jonathan. (laughs) You guys just drove to try and beat one of them. (laughs) So funny. But we were foiled. No, last night when you're like, babe, when's the next time we drive somewhere far? Like Florida. I'm like, uh, July. (laughs) No time soon, sweetheart. No time soon. So anyway, that that game, if you haven't checked it out already, it's called Black Box. It will it will entertain or frustrate you for sure. I think pretty much um men would be interested in that game. Yeah, you said that till you opened it up and then you were like, How do I do this one? Okay, how do I do this one? Okay, how do I do this one? Yeah, so I played it for 20 minutes last night. Ask me if I've opened it today. Have you opened it today? No, I just was like, meh, it wasn't that much fun. Oh, but you're nearly at the most amazing level. I don't believe you. (laughs) And you're just trying to hook me in so that I can be addicted like you are. Not going to happen. Okay. Let's talk about Settlers of Catan and addiction. Now, Catan is worth being addicted to. (laughs) All right, our main topic this week. (laughs) Is Settlers of Catan. (laughs) No. Oh. Our main topic for this week is, I want to talk about having a happy future. Yes. I think this revelation started last night, although I I mentioned it briefly at church this morning. Okay. But you were cleaning out the garage. We we should probably talk about you cleaning out the garage. Yes, we should. I I should get, like many points for okay. that sidebar while we talk about the garage then we'll go back to the main okay. point what did you do in the garage i organized the entire garage 
We got these overhead hanging storage things uh, last week and I went and organized those overhead storage thingies. Well, you went and reorganized the ones that I'd already organized. Yes, because they have a weight limit, which was far surpassed by your efforts <laughs> to get things on them. Okay, wait well, to demotivate me from ever helping again. But I'm sorry. You did a tremendous job. We actually now have a fully functional garage. We could pull two cars in if we wanted to. As opposed to an assault course. Right, exactly. And I swept out like every bit of spider remains, that sort of thing. Mm, so it's just... Spiders. I like the garage now. But in, so returning to the main topic, uh, in your job of cleaning up the garage, you found a box of old photo albums. You came and you were like, oh, babe, look at these photos. Yeah. And I realized that when I looked at the old photos, I got sad. And I was like, holy spirit, why, why am I sad? And I realized I don't generally spend any time looking back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big shock. You've noticed that, have you? (laughs) And not necessarily because the past is bad. But because I think what I have now and what I live in now, what I experience now, everything else pales in comparison. So when I see photos of myself in the past, I realize I'm sad because the person I'm looking at doesn't know what I know now about God. Yeah, I had a similar revelation. Looking back at pictures, I was uh, showing Cindy some pictures of me in my 20s or uh, early 20s, and I realized how sad I look. You know, just desperately sad. Well, you were trying to kill yourself in your early 20s. Um, well, then I was just past trying to kill myself. Oh, I beg your But I was still dealing with dad having killed himself and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was rough. And you could tell by looking at me. I mean, it looked rough. Mm. Well, I was thinking this morning in church, when I look forward, you know, when I cast my imagination down the line... I realize I'm filled with optimism, and I, I would attribute that to hanging out with God a lot. Sure, because he's optimistic. He's the most optimistic person I've ever met. Right. You know, I was thinking about, like, all of our friends whose lives have been marked by tragedy or suffering in one way, is that they don't live there anymore. Well, if you choose to live there, you get stuck. Sure, you become a volunteer to your past rather than a victim of it. Right. And you don't move on. Tell a story about what happened to you this week. It's the second time it's happened to you. Another sidebar moment. Oh, <laughs> um, who was I talking to? I'm trying Somebody to invited you to speak at a conference. Oh, that's right. Somebody's invited me to speak at a woman's event. And so I said, okay, totally. I'll pray about it. And she's sort of explaining what the event will be like. And she said, oh, we have, um, you know, people come that have just had difficult things that they've navigated. And just to encourage people that, you know, these women, no matter where they're at, God can break through, blah, blah, blah. So she said, you know, typically we have people with abusive backgrounds, people that have lost children, people that husbands that cheat on them, people that, you know, so she's going through the list of what they typically invite. And I know that I'm invited with two other people that I know to be the speakers. And I'm like, oh yeah, she can speak on that. And she can speak on that. And, you know, like in terms of what's part of our testimonies. Sure. And so then when she says the bit about, um, you know, women whose husbands have cheated on them or, you know, whatever. And I was like, yeah, gosh, I don't know who she's going to get to speak on that. That's none of our testimonies. (laughs) And it literally, it probably wasn't, it was probably a full five minutes down the road that I was like, oh Oh, yeah, that was me. (laughs) That was my testimony. Um, But then God so fully has redeemed it that I keep forgetting 
that I walk through anything like that. I just think that's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Right. So back to my friends who, in a similar situation as you, whose past have been marked by tragedy. Like, think of, we have a friend who who lived in a time when her nation was under civil war. She was beaten for her faith, actually beaten and left for dead for her faith, was eventually murdered at the hands of terrorists, got raised again, came back to life, only to be tortured for her faith. And, you know, we when we hang out with her now, we're like, honey, how did you survive that? Right. And why are you not marked by any of the trauma of that? Because she's one of the most joyful people we know. And childlike, totally childlike. She just runs around like a little kid with the kids in the backyard and giggles. And this is what she said. She said, darling, he gives you grace. She said, I saw the face of my beautiful savior. He is marvelous. And my point in telling all that story is as grim as that was, it isn't her reality today. Right. Like everything gets better. That's what I love right. about the message of the hope of Jesus. It's so true. I think I think when I think about most of the people I esteem, on one level or another, they kind of walk with a limp, don't they? Right. You know, they've definitely been through stuff, but they've been through it. They didn't stay in it. They went through it and they came out the other side. Exactly. They're, they're better for it. When I think about it, we both in our 20s, probably more me in my teenage years, had brushes with really deep depression and suicide and um, suicidal attempts and all that kind of stuff. And really those things seem so distant now, you know, from who we are and what our reality is now. They were something that was a place we could have gotten stuck in, but the Lord brought us out of those places and we didn't choose to go back. And he's so merciful to do that. Like, yeah. I remember my early twenties were just a write off in terms of despair. And now when I, you know, when I think about that person then, I have no correlation with him. I know that's ridiculous because it's the same person. It was me. Right. But it doesn't feel like it. I'm not haunted by those experiences. Right. And I just think that's a testimony to the power of God that he makes all things new. He's he's so good. So Very taking true. taking yeah. your testimony, thinking what he did then to now, apply that same faith for what you're going through now going forward. Right. Totally. You know, the book of Psalms is filled with that, David's experience, of course. But when I think about the future, I'm absolutely filled with excitement because with God, his potential is incredible. Well, in truth, we can't even possibly imagine the potential. I couldn't imagine we are where we are. No, I couldn't either. It's like bizarre. I I spent some Saturday archiving old email. I'm fed up with having email since 2003 in my inbox. It slows everything down. So (laughs) I exported a bunch of it to PDF and archived it and filed away. Yeah. And I'm determined to only keep five years of email history current with me. That seems like enough. And I'll archive the rest as we go on. But I, I was reading all these emails about us coming here, you know, us dialoguing with staff, with Jeff, and just thinking, we didn't have a clue what we were doing when we came here. Yeah. But it turned out brilliant. Well done, God. Hey, I found something even older than that. Go on. When I was cleaning out the garage, I I had printed out all of our emails that we sent back and forth before we started dating. And then all of the emails that we sent back and forth when you were in, you know, Moscow and I was in, you know, Mexico, all those kind of. Uh, so here's the difference between me and you. Yeah. I came across those emails last night and just deleted them. You did not. <laughs> did. I was Alan like, Jones. I was like, I don't need them. But you printed them out. That's just the total difference they're, between me and you. They're in a book, but I don't know if I have all of them. I'm not happy to leave those. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the way I'm wired, love. I'm always looking forward. I'm, uh-huh. 
I'm present future, not present past. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, in the future, anything that might be a precious memento, maybe don't delete that until you talk to me. I'm looking forward to the future precious mementos. Whatever. Psalm 23 says this, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the last verse of Psalm 23. I love that it says, surely, surely your goodness, like, duh. Like, it's such a given that God's goodness and God's love are going to be with me. And the end result is dwelling in God's house forever. I love that. I love that sense of optimism that whatever happens tomorrow, goodness, love, God's mercy is just going to be there with you. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Everyone knows this verse. Yes. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. If you take that at face value, that means the only thing that God has on his agenda for the rest of your life is prosperity, hope, and a great future. That means every day gets better from here. Yeah. And if you can align your expectations with that, then your life will align with your expectations. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, even if your circumstances don't point to that today, you can make them bow to that truth because you have a promise from God. Absolutely. And again, looking back, none of my circumstances 20 years ago pointed to where I am today. You know? Right. Not at all. So we really have no clue. When when Graham Cook was here last last year, was it? Yeah, we got to hang out with him for a couple of days. And I remember we went to the factory. You and Teresa went shopping and me and Graham sat down. He just really loved the factory and he had a good coffee. And we just sat and chat. And he was so sweet. He saw me taking notes. He's like, would it not be easier if I just record this conversation? (laughs) He was kind enough to record the conversation we were having. And I was listening to it today. And I was just asking him, you know, Graham, what are some of the things that you found super valuable in life that you've learned? And he he said this to me. He said, what if... In this life, in Jesus, we can't be challenged by anything other than goodness. And I was like, I give up. I don't know. What, I don't even know how to get my head around What's that. What's the answer? Really? But he said, what if in this life, in Jesus, you can't be challenged by the enemy? You can't be challenged by difficult people. You can't be challenged by hard circumstances. What if you're only ever going to be challenged by goodness? And so I said, well, explain that to me. He says, that means in every situation of life, you and I are under a wonderful challenge from Jesus to be just like Jesus and become like him. And he will make all these resources available for you to become more and more like Jesus. Right. And I thought, what a, what a wonderful perspective. Because he was saying, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, living in that, you're out of touch from the enemy because none of those things are available to him. So if you can practice patience, if you can celebrate love, if you can enter into joy, into gladness, to all these things, he said, that's where you will find those things. And those things aren't dictated by your circumstances. Right. So good. When I look back on the different seasons of our life, I realize that in nearly every area, our life has been upgraded. Yeah. But that's just ridiculous. Yeah. But it's, it's ordered by God. Yeah. That's that's really why I love the declarations that we make at our church. You know, before we do our, if you're not being to Grace Center, before we take up our tithes and offerings, we always make declarations. One of my favorite ones is, you know, as, as we come today and give our offerings, we declare jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefit sales, tips and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and interest. Interest and income. Interest and income, rebates, rebates and, and returns, return. checks, checks in, in the, the mail. mail. 
<laughs> and on and on and on. And some people have got, over the years, have got upset with us for saying that, thinking, you know, what are you doing? And my challenge to them is, even if you don't make those declarations, you're still making declarations. But it's likely your declarations sound like, oh, I'll never have enough. Right. Uh, I'll probably end up owing on my taxes rather than getting a rebate. Right. Oh, I'll probably not get that promotion. Like, you're declaring over yourself the very opposite of what God has for you. Correct. Which is glory to glory, goodness, hope, a future. Right. So aligning your expectations is so, so super important. Yeah. That also reminded me when you were talking about that, babe, that the day before we got married, I had lunch with Patricia King. She couldn't stay for the wedding. Right. And we had lunch. And it was it was quite a funny conversation because she said, AJ, I went to your wedding and I saw the presence of God there. Uh, as you do. Right. I and went I was, in the future. I went to your wedding. I was like, okay. And she said, and as I prayed for you this morning, I heard the Lord say, your past has been marked by trauma and your future will be marked by favor. And she said, everything changes today. And I just thought, okay. And that's so true. You know, it's been just favor upon favor upon favor. Like we can't keep up with how good God is. Oh, I love Patricia. I love that word. All of this has got me thinking, what does God have in store for us tomorrow, for this next season? Right. What, and you, dear listener, what does God have in store for you? I'm aware that when I speak about this, I, there's people that come to mind where I think this hasn't been true for them. But one of the things that's marked their lives is they've actually tried to follow God on their terms. Like I meet people all the time who say they're Christians. I believe they're Christians, but their lives are so measured in their obedience to God. They are happy to follow God up to a point where his will conflicts with their will. Right. And then inevitably when they choose their own way, destruction happens. Destruction is too strong a word, but well, maybe it's not. Stuff just starts falling apart. And almost without exception, these people have then railed against God. And I just think that's so funny. Actually, you departed from him. Right. You chose not to follow him thinking that you were following him. And, you know, we had this conversation when we said, hey, do you really think that's a good idea? And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's no problem. But Proverbs 19.3 says this, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is amazing. But what would you say to people who are not in that situation, who are genuinely following God, but today as they're listening to this podcast, life isn't all roses and everything isn't glorious. What's your encouragement for them in that? Keep pushing into God anyway. It's going to change. Right. It's going to change. You're going to have breakthrough. He's not going to do for one person what he wouldn't do for another. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. You know, he's the same to you as he is to me. And you've got to understand that you're living in a season. As Jeff Dollar loves to say, the book hasn't been written. Yeah. Right? You, the chapter that it's you're chapter, in yeah. hasn't even been written. And my encouragement is, in the seasons of my life where things look bleak, I've discovered that's the landscape that God's going to perform his next miracle. Yeah, for sure. All right, there's our meandering thoughts. You have a glorious hope and a glorious future in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And if you're not in Christ Jesus, today would be a great day to give your life to Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I want to pray for everybody, babe. Okay. I want to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus, then let me pray for you and you can pray along with me. And basically knowing Jesus is as simple as understanding that your life without him is hopeless and you recognize that you have sinned, that you've done things wrong and you recognize that Jesus came to save you from your sin and wants to restore you to relationship with God. And if that's something you want, just repeat this with me. 
Lord Jesus Christ, I invite you into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I confess that I have gone my own way, and I now want to follow you for the rest of my life. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, if you've prayed that for the first time, please email us. Go to our website, alanaj.com slash feedback. Fill in that form. Let us know. For everybody else who I'm hoping already knows Jesus, AJ and I want to pray for you and just bless you with favor and bless you with hope and bless you with the promises of God. So, Lord, we just thank you for our listeners tonight. We just ask that whoever's listening to this right now would be so overcome with optimism because God is on their side that no matter what they're facing today, no matter what they're facing tomorrow, Lord, your promise is that your goodness and your love is following them. Mm. And so I just ask for a tangible increase in those two things. And I ask, Lord, for a a shift in seasons for people, that they would move into just this glorious season of upgrades where they would know your kindness and your goodness is your true nature. Yeah. And Papa, would you overwhelm them with hope about the future? Would you open doors for them with your favor and just shower favor upon them? God, we speak a shift to what their current circumstances are into your desire for their life. And we speak breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, God is an eternal optimist. Yeah. And my encouragement is choose to be just like your dad. Say no to negativity and yes to excitement in God. All right. If you would like the show notes for this episode, go to alanandaj.com slash 92. If you would love to ask us a question that we will try and answer, go to alanandaj.com slash ask. And finally, if you are loving listening to this podcast, would you kindly leave us a nice review on iTunes? It really helps us a lot. Um, And it helps people that are maybe looking for God see us because of how iTunes organizes pages. So the easiest way to leave us the reviews is to go to alanandaj.com slash review. See you next week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan and AJ, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God. And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone